The following Knowledge at Warden podcast is brought to you by Vanguard, offering investments designed to help individuals and institutions reach their financial goals. Visit Vanguard.com. Additional support for this podcast comes from Warden Executive Education. For more information on Warden's executive course, Finance and Accounting for the Non-Financial Manager, please visit executiveeducation.warden.upenn.edu. Lots of eyes and ears were on the two-day meeting of the Federal Reserve's Open Market Committee that ended March 21st. While most observers did not expect interest rates to change, the committee has kept the federal funds rate steady at 5.25% for a while. The markets were keen to know what language the Fed would use about inflation in its statement on economic and monetary policy. The U.S. economy has seen mixed signals lately, with some signs pointing to slower growth while others indicate rising inflation. As a result, concerns about recession have been replaced by worries about stagflation, or stagnation combined with inflation. Is stagflation really looming? And if so, what will it mean for investors? To help us answer these questions, Knowledge of Wharton spoke with Jeremy Siegel, professor of finance at Wharton and author of the book, The Future for Investors. Professor Siegel, thanks for joining us. Welcome. What is your reaction to the statement released after the Fed's Open Market Committee meeting today? The language dropped the reference to tightening. Is that a good sign? It is if you're a stockholder. Uh, I I, I call this statement halfway to neutral. Uh, I think they did a very clever job uh, with the concerns in the housing market, with recent evidence that GDP is going to be below 2% in this first quarter. Uh, there were a lot of forecasters uh, and analysts that were calling on the Fed to drop its tightening bias, which means that if uh, their indication that if they are going to move, it was going to be to raise the rates. What they did in this statement is uh, uh, drop that the next change must be an increase. Uh, they say that uh, future policy adjustments will depend on the evolution of the outlook and inflation rather than further policy tightenings. So they now allow for a drop in the rate. But at the same time, not to, not to go all the way in that direction, the sentence uh, right before it uh, says that the committee's predominant policy concern remains the risk that inflation will fail to moderate as expected. So uh, there was obviously a group in the FOMC that said, no, we, inflation's not good enough yet. We have to maintain that as our primary focus. There was another group that was saying, but we have to allow for the fact that if things get very slow uh, and soft, that we may have to reduce the rate. And what they really did was sort of split it down the middle, keeping the predominant concern as being inflation, but allowing uh, the flexibility that the future rate change might be in the downward direction. And the market really responded, didn't it? Oh, yeah. The market loves – stock markets love uh, looser credit. They love when the Fed relaxes credit. Liquidity, uh, low interest rates feeds uh, the stock market. Now, the bond market has reacted favorably, but the bondholders have a concern because 
to the extent that the Fed isn't taking a super hard line against inflation, um, that is a concern of a bondholder because uh, he or she gets paid back in dollars many years hence. And if inflation is intended to, those dollars are worth less. So I uh, would expect long run the, the bond market to react more neutrally to this, even though the possibility of a decline uh, of uh, of uh, the Fed funds rate is in, in the near future. Uh, but it's much more favorable stocks because stocks are not as concerned about a little more inflation. They want uh, the increase in credit and the lowering of the rates. You wrote in your newsletter recently that the problem bedeviling the market is the simultaneous appearance of a soft economy and troubling price pressures. What has brought about this situation and how serious is the threat of stagflation? Well, stagflation, which is the simultaneous appearance of inflation and a soft economy, is, is, is a very troublesome development for the central bank. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of the both, both bad worlds. And, and unfortunately, over the last four weeks, we've seen a downward movement of economic growth, but very stubborn uh, inflationary pressures. So uh, that's why the word stagflation has begun to uh, bubble up in the literature uh, uh, that reminds us of what happened in the 70s. Fortunately, we're nowhere near as bad as it was then when we had unemployment of 8 and 10 percent and inflation of double digits. We're nowhere near of that situation. If the U.S. economy does slide towards stagflation, what course would you advise Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke to pursue? During the Carter administration, Paul Volcker, who headed the Fed at the time, had followed a disinflationary approach. Uh, does that make sense today? Oh, yeah. The Fed uh, has to uh, take cognizance of both of these possibilities. This uh, uh, release of the FOMC does that. Now, all that being said, most economists say that when push comes to shove, the Fed must move against inflation before it moves to uh, uh, lower rates and stimulate the economy. The only case that would not be the case if there was a very severe financial crisis or development like 9-11, if the subprime problem spread to uh, many other credits, the Fed would be um, obliged to lower rates. But facing a higher inflation and a softer economy, the Fed must first move towards the uh, inflation. Now, some people will object to the Fed's stance today, saying that they're abandoning that inflation fight. I I don't think so. They say that it's still a primary concern, and they still expect inflationary pressures to moderate. And they say the primary risk is that our projection won't come true. So they keep uh, certainly the door open that if inflation does not moderate, they will have to stay tight and perhaps even move tighter. Uh, you just referred to the, the, the subprime mortgage market. Uh, uh, the, the meltdown seems to be continuing. Do you think that's likely to spread further and how can that situation be fixed? Well, fortunately, actually, we're seeing a better uh, tone in the subprime market. Um, uh, accredited lender has received some hedge fund money, uh, I think $200 million. Um, we've, uh, Fremont, 
Financial has arranged for the sale of uh, several billion dollars of its subprime loans. Um, that uh, the developments over the last three or four days have been very good in that market, and that's one reason why Monday and Tuesday. Um, even before today, we had the biggest uh, two-day uh, increase uh, in stock prices in seven months because that situation is now not looking quite as scary as it did last week. We don't see it spreading. I always say this this is a market where, uh, where uh, the no news is good news. If, if we don't hear about dominoes, about bad credit, uh, we, we, uh, we, we have the feeling it is not spreading. The fact that there's been two injections of liquidity, both for Fremont and accredited lender, um, uh, is, is, is very favorable. I, I did note that uh, the Fed did not mention the subprime or the mortgage market or the stock market decline uh, in their release. But clearly, by changing to a more neutral stance, they obviously are taking cognizance of uh, the uh, potential impact of instability in, the, in that market um, for, the, uh, for the economy. What will be the effect of uh, these kinds of factors on equities? Yeah. The, this is a very uh, – again, this, this release is very, very good for equities – um, uh, again, it means that the Fed is not going to be stubborn, and if things do slide down, uh, that's uh, uh, the federal act. Again, uh, the the stockholder is 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 right now worried about uh, a recession or a near recession. That's what could make earnings growth even turn negative. Um, by by the Fed's release today, it says that. It, as long as inflation does not wor- worsen dramatically from where we are now, uh, we are willing to move the rate down if economic growth slows uh, uh, dramatically. It doesn't have to go to recession. My feeling is, is if we get growth projections below 1%, current projections for this first quarter are 1% to 2 If we start moving into the 0 to 1%, I think the Fed will act as uh, lowering the rates. That – uh, is going to cushion uh, the earnings uh, impact uh, on the market. And that statement is sort of saying uh, cutting off a, a bad occurrence, which is prompting buying in the equity markets. Uh, how do you see the impact on the dollar? Well, the dollar took a hit as, as expected. Uh, you know, the dollar goes by the short-term interest rates. If there is fear the Fed is going to lower those interest rates or not raise them in the future, that will cause uh, traders in the foreign exchange market to sell, and they did sell. However, at least uh, the first hour or two, it's not a precipitous decline in the dollar. Um, I, you know, personally, if 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 traders think that the situation in the U.S. won't be as bad as they had thought, that will bring in support for the dollar and capital. That may even be more important than not having a a little bit of a higher short-term interest rate. Are there any international risk factors that investors should be paying attention to? Well, there always always are. Uh, I I mean, my feeling is that uh, this, this problem really originated in the U.S., not in China. Interestingly enough, the Chinese market is almost and maybe now past its all-time high. Uh, this was really a internal uh, sell-off in the U.S. precipitated by the trend followers and then be- because of the globalization of our market spread 
virtually everywhere. Also, of course, the fear that if the U.S. really slows down, everyone's going to feel it because exports are huge to the U.S. and all the other parts of the world. If the U.S. Fed now says that we will lower if growth gets uh, slow enough, uh, that's good for the international markets as well as the domestic markets is, is certainly uh, you know, a reason to keep a, a very good international diversification uh, in your portfolio. Um, again, there's always risks Right now, if you, I, I'm, I still would like to see gasoline prices not rise. They are continuing to rise. I'd like to see a little bit of a slowdown in there. Um, we all are cognizant of, of potential problems in the Mideast. Uh, they've been there for many, many years. Uh, but uh, the major problem, a meltdown in the U.S. and a, a very precipitous decline in economic activity uh, has now been lessened not only by uh, what we see uh, in the market, but also by the Fed statement. So on a, on a day that's been, uh, you know, fairly good for investors, uh, what advice would you have uh, for for people and their portfolios going forward? Well, I, I said uh, just a week or so ago that uh, you should keep brave and be in the equity market. If we end up today at the gains that we saw in the first half hour, this will be about the best three days in, in quite a while. Um, and uh, I think uh, we can look for more gains through the end of, of the year. I'm, I'm still bullish on, on the stock market. Uh, Professor Siegel, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. For more information, please visit our website at knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Mm-hmm.